and welcome to another episode of Tarot for a Troubled Time, the podcast in which we reflect on our experiences of living through the COVID-19 pandemic using the cards of the tarot. I'm your host, River Rose. To start off, I'd like to give a shout out to our small but mighty band of listeners to the podcast. As you know, this is a new show, but we've managed to find listeners who are spread out over different continents. At the time of recording, we have listeners all over the US and across the world. Close to where I am, we have listeners in Brooklyn, New York, in New Paltz, New York, but in the US, we also have listeners in Boardman, Oregon, West Palm Beach, Florida, Parkville, Maryland, Champaign, Illinois, Toronto, Canada, Crosby, Canada, which I'm guessing is close to Kingston, and on the other side of the world, we have someone in Bristol, England, and even Dubai, UAE. If you're in one of these places, or if you're joining us from elsewhere, thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate you. Well, it's been another wild week on this big, beautiful, but troubled planet of ours. We learned that the U.S. economy experienced the largest contraction in modern history this past quarter. The nation's GDP dropped 9.5%, or the equivalent of 32.9% when annualized because of the pandemic. Another hurricane, Isaias, has been slamming the Caribbean and is now making its way up the southern U.S. on the East Coast. Herman Cain, an African-American businessman, former Republican presidential candidate, supporter of the quote-unquote president, died of coronavirus this week, six weeks after attending the not-socially-distanced, mask-free rally for that same president in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was another sad and pointless casualty to COVID-19 in a country that is absolutely besieged by the virus, mainly due to the fact that many of our political leaders continue to not take the disease seriously. At the same time, the quote-unquote president was very busy this week, suggesting that we might delay the election until it's safe to vote, an action that would be unconstitutional, while simultaneously rejecting the idea of mail-in voting, which is perfectly safe and legal. He also threatened to ban TikTok and made an ignorant, disrespectful statement informing on t- people on Twitter that, quote, people living their suburban lifestyle dream that they would no longer be bothered or financially hurt by having low-income housing built in their neighborhood. I could go on by this so-called president's useless or harmful activities, but I'll just end by saying that he also avoided paying respects to John Lewis, a leader who will surely go down in U.S. history, in President Barack Obama's words, as one of the founding fathers of a fuller, fairer, better America. Just as well that the president didn't participate in Congressman Lewis's funeral, of course, because he would have been truly out of place in more ways than are worth reciting here. But it does speak volumes about this moment that a great human being such as Representative Lewis could pass away and that the acting quote-unquote president of the United States should be absent. What else happened this week? 
Uh, Muslims across the globe celebrated Eid al-Adha, the festival of sacrifice. Now, usually this holiday is a time of great celebration and of large gatherings, including in Mecca, Saudi Arabia, which is the destination of the largest pilgrimage in the world. But of course, this year, because of lockdowns and travel restrictions, celebrations were rather subdued. And since we're talking about this holiday, a celebration that is determined according to the Islamic calendar, which is a lunar calendar, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the moon. Now, I pay attention to the phases of the moon. Do you? I released the teaser episode of the podcast during the full moon in July. And today, August 3rd, 2020, we happen to be experiencing another full moon. The August full moon is known as the Sturgeon Moon. According to the Farmer's Almanac, it was in August that First Nations peoples who relied on fishing in the Great Lakes, such as the Iroquois, found sturgeon to be most plentiful. The August full moon has also been associated with grain, green corn, fruit, and barley. And if you follow astrology, you'll also know that the moon is now in Aquarius. When I was growing up, the moon would come up now and then in the context of growing fruits and vegetables. I grew up in a city, but I was part of an immigrant community. My family moved to North America from Southern Italy, and in the Italian community, many people planted small gardens or made wine, and they would let the moon phase guide their activities, planting seeds, crushing grapes, stuff like that. Now, I confess, I didn't pay much attention to lunar phases at that time. I just heard talk about optimal growing and bottling methods according to the moon. But a few years ago, during my runs by the East River here in New York City, I started to notice the incredible differences in the river with the tides, which of course are ruled by the moon. And from there, I started to pay more attention to the moon and its phases. Now, because I do believe that humans are affected and moved by natural rhythms, I try to pay attention to the lunar phases and to be aware of where the moon is as I go through life from week to week. The new moon, which marks the beginning of a lunar phase, is a time to rev up and gain momentum. The full moon brings us to the apex, the climax of energy, and then the waning moon invites us to slow down and retreat. Gravitational pulls and tidal flows aside, if you live in a smaller town or in the country and not in a light-saturated place like New York City, you will know that the amount of light you have at night is radically different when there's a new moon and no moonlight versus a full moon when the sun lights the moon fully in all its glory. Why am I saying all of this? Well, if today is the full moon After we reach the climax, we'll be entering the waning half of this lunar cycle in which we can slow down and reflect and regroup. This might be particularly important right now because we're in August and many of us are dealing with extreme weather, depending on the hemisphere. We have heat, floods, hurricanes, you get the point. And of course, they're all exacerbated by climate change, but I won't get into that right now. And of course, all of this is happening during the ongoing pandemic. I thought it was appropriate, therefore, to reflect on the full moon in our reading this week and on the fact that the moon will be waning after today. Now, as always, we need a question for the cards. And today I thought I'd ask, how can I get some rest? I thought this might be a useful question because all indications are that people are tired 
They're tired of not seeing friends and family. They're tired of uncertainty. They're tired of wearing masks to work every day or not having enough income coming in. They're tired of not knowing what they'll do with their children who are go going back to school soon. They're tired of the conflict and negligence and corruption and violence of our political leaders. They're just fucking tired. And yet they know there's no reprieve from this situation. So the question becomes, how in this place where I don't feel I can relax, can I take a little break? Now, I've promised never to do readings that are too elaborate, so today I went with a three-card reading, which is as elaborate as I will get during our tarot journey. I want to once again think about a sort of past, present, future, but in the context of this lunar cycle, which began on July 20th, is hitting its peak today, August 3rd, and will end just before the next new moon on August 17th. So we're thinking about the moon and the fact that it's signaling that this might be a good time to slow down and we're actively asking, how can I actually do that? And I drew the following cards, the six of swords, the five of swords and the emperor all reversed. What do we notice about these cards? Other than the fact that they are all reversed, one of the first things I noticed is that the numbers associated with these cards just happen to be left to right, six, five, four. Look at that. An actual retreat or withdrawal, just like the moon after today. I feel like these cards are saying, how can you get some rest? Good question. I'm glad you asked. Now remember, I'm drawing each tarot card in this deck, the modern spellcaster's tarot, only once. And these are only the sixth, seventh, and eighth cards of our journey. And even in this handful of cards we've drawn so far over these past weeks, we've already seen four swords. They keep coming up. Swords are the suit of air and they represent the mind and communication. So lots of being in our head, maybe lots of fighting. We're also seeing our first major arcana card, the emperor, number four, which if you're into numerology and the tarot at all, just happens to be the card of this year, 2020, because two plus zero plus two plus zero equals four, the emperor, card number four. So the emperor has a particular resonance in this year. Now let's take a closer look at each card. The six of swords shows us a journey by boat of some kind. In the Rider-Waite-Smith and many other decks, we see the boat moving away from us or moving towards the right. We see three figures on the boat and they have their backs to us. There's a man standing and rowing and steering the boat and two passengers who appear to be a woman and a small child sitting in the front. The woman has her head covered as though she's in mourning. And at the very front of the boat are six upright swords and the water that the boat is sailing through appears to be choppy, but in the distance, the water looks to be more calm. In the distant horizon, we can also see land. It's hard to make out, but we see some trees and some hills. In the modern spellcaster's tarot that we're using, we see most of these same elements, but they're pictured in a slightly different way to different effect. We do see a man steering the boat in the rear and a woman with her head covered up front but there's no child and in addition to the six swords, which this time are surrounding the passenger, we also see that the woman is holding up a small wooden box in both hands, almost as though she's offering it up to someone or something. Interestingly, the boat is not moving away from us in this version of the card, it's moving towards us and to the left, not to the right. 
And the natural elements are all reversed in this card. The hill and the trees are behind the boat, not ahead. And we have no idea of what's ahead. The boat seems to be heading into choppier waters, not calmer waters. To me, this shift in this particular version of the card actually heightens both the uncertainty of the voyage, but also the necessity of it. Even though this journey, this journey is not an easy one, it has to happen. So what does this card mean? Traditionally, the Six of Swords indicates a mental and sometimes a physical shift or actual journey. We're making a difficult transition trying to move to a more promising space. We may have lost something or experienced what we perceive to be a failure or a defeat, and we're now making a shift towards acceptance and healing. It's a difficult shift, but we're in it. Now think back, we're asking the cards, how can I get some rest? And this card is in the position of the spread that's showing us that in this cycle, we've gone through some kind of journey. But what does that mean for you? Have you found a way to deal with some new and difficult or uncomfortable reality? Have you been trying to come up to come to terms with the loss of a loved one or an element of your life that you no longer have access to? Do you feel like after months of getting used to a different and more challenging reality, something has shifted inside you or outside of you? Have you moved or are you facing the fact that maybe you need to move or go somewhere? Whatever new or uncomfortable element you've been dealing with, maybe this is the moment where some level acceptance can happen or where some needed change can finally begin. Now, since this card is reversed, maybe it's reminding us, it's nudging us that we have to let go of what was. We have to find some way to heal, even if we're resisting it. Maybe we have to go to that place that we've been hesitating to go to. All these swords we've been carrying, by the way, they're weighing us down and we can't reach the shore unless we let some of them go. And speaking of letting go, let's now look at the card that represents the present in this reading, the Five of Swords reversed. This card typically shows the ending of a battle of some kind. The Rider-Waite-Smith version of the card shows a man in the foreground holding not one, not two, but three swords. Two are up in the air in his left hand and one is pointed to the ground in his right hand. I'm going to pause here and say, do you hear that ambulance? Let's wish who's ever in there well. So two other swords lay at this warrior's feet and in the distance are two men who are walking away from him. The sky is turbulent and there's a choppy sea in the background. In the modern spellcaster's tarot, the central figure is waving two swords while three are laying on the ground by a fire and he seems ready to continue battling his foes. But his foes are not human, they're a pack of wolves and they seem to have no interest in fighting the man. They, like the men in the Waitsmith version of the card, are moving away from the warrior. Now upright, this card invites us to ask ourselves, what are we fighting for exactly? Is this really the hill we were willing to die on? We seem ready to be pounce and we're expending a lot of energy, but the battle seems to be over and we're the only ones still in this fight. Because we drew the card reverse, perhaps it's telling us that we have surrendered, that the battle truly is over and that we have reconciled or that we're truly laying down our arms and accepting what is at least. This card reversed is reminding me that sometimes we simply need to stop fighting with our reality and to accept what is right now. 
Meditation teacher Tara Brock has said that our capacity to accept this life is our key to freedom. And I definitely agree. In fact, wise people throughout history, ranging from the Buddha to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross with her five stages of grief, tell us that acceptance of what is, is the best path to peace and renewal. So far, the cards are telling us that what we've been going through is a difficult transition, but that we have indeed experienced some movement lately, and we're ready to let some of the tension we've been carrying go. So great, so we have time and room for a little rest, right? So then what does the Emperor Reverse have to tell us about what's in store for us in the rest of the cycle? The Emperor of the Tarot is, as advertised, an Emperor. The Rider-Waite-Smith Emperor sits on the throne adorned with ram's heads. He holds an Egyptian staff, an Ankh, the symbol of life, in one hand and an orb in the other, signifying the whole world. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's very much the father figure with a capital F, symbolizing masculinity, ultimate power, leadership, authority, the patriarchy, you get the picture. The modern spellcaster emperor is a muscle-bound being who is not entirely human. He has the torso of a man and a very muscular one at that, but he's got the legs and the head and even the antlers of a moose, I believe. And rather than having an orb or a globe in one hand, he's holding his fist over what appears to be the head of a bull, which is at his feet. His throne is all natural, possibly made up of an ancient gnarled tree. And in the background, there's a field and an out of control fire. So you get the point, dominance and power with a dash of destruction. Now, while the emperor can symbolize ultimate leadership and a clear, rigid hierarchy, remember, we're seeing this card reversed. One of the meanings of the emperor reversed is abuse of power, actually, and chaos and lack of order. And as an aside for this reason, the emperor reversed usually kind of reminds me of the current quote unquote president of the United States. Not exactly a person I associate it with rest and not a person I like to see in our future. But in this particular reading, the Emperor Reversed calls a few other things to mind. One, it's a reminder that ultimately we are in charge of our own lives. We are, in a sense, our own emperors. It's not someone outside of us. And this can be an important thought if we're feeling powerless. The Emperor Reverse can also call to mind the rejection of traditional power structures or the invitation to explore different ways of organizing our lives, more cooperative, more peaceful, more loving ways. Maybe what that means for you is that you need to find a way to step out of the rigid routines for a little while. Are there any responsibilities that have been making you feel like you're in it alone and too tired to carry on? Can you hand those over to someone else even just for a little while. Can you take a break from the everyday of your life in whatever way is available to you by changing your scenery or changing the trajectory of the ongoing argument that has been causing stress in your home? Can you find ways to step away from things that have been ruling your life in an unhealthy way? Are you obsessing over the news or drinking too much or engaging in some other behavior that you're starting to think might be bad for your health? Can you simply find a way to get in an extra hour of play with your kids or an extra 30 minutes of sleep each night 
or even listening to music or getting 10 minutes of quiet meditation each morning, just listening to yourself breathe in and out. Look at the routines and patterns of your life and find where there's time being spent on something that you've been doing and that you really don't need to do so rigidly and devote that space and time to taking a break. You need it and you deserve it. Do it now as the moon is waning and restore your energy for what lies ahead. Overall, I think this reading is reminding us that we're in a marathon, not a sprint, and that it's time to slow down. Even if we're only slowing down our mind and creating only a small disruption to our routine, we can get some rest if we embrace the current moment and steal some time away to do a little bit of something to help us restore our batteries for what's ahead. Well, that's all I have for this week's reading. I hope you got something out of it. I'll share the cards we pulled today on Twitter and Instagram at callmeriverrose. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can also email me at iamriverrose at gmail.com. And if you like what you've heard, I encourage you to leave me a rating and a review wherever you listen to the podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Be well, take care, and remember, get some rest.